0: What's good, y'all? This is your boy, Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. And if you want a raw take on the NBA, Above the Rim is a show for you. With dope beats and entertaining guests each week, we offer a great new insight on all things NBA. You don't want to miss it. Talk about it! You are now tuned in. To Above the Rim. Welcome, welcome to Above the Rim episode 40. Brought to you by your host, as always, Justin AK Just Blaze. And, of course, you can find Above the Rim on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the Almighty Boiler Network every Tuesday. Make sure you give Above the Rim a five-star review on iTunes. Please drop your boy a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Leave, leave your boy a nice review as well. I'd appreciate that. And uh, to get in contact with me or the show, you have many options. You can follow me on Twitter just at justblaze j-u-s-b-l-a-z-e underscore 513 our ig is just blaze 513 the email to the show is justin lee 867 at yahoo.com you can use the hashtag acts above the rim or call up the talk about it voicemail line as well that number is 908-718-1592 Make sure you leave your boys some feedback, some above-the-room feedback, some questions, some comments, concerns. If you want to be a guest on the show as well, that's the line for the show, so make sure you call in. So, as you can see, it's 2018. New Year, new things. 2018. I hope everyone had a nice holiday. Merry Christmas. Good New Year. Hope everyone is bringing 2018, bringing in the year right. I know there's big things going on in 2018 for everyone. Big things going on for Above the Rim, for me as well. So 2018, it should be a big year for everyone and a good year for everyone. You know, strength, prosperity. Take care of your business in 2018, man. That's all it is. So as you can see, no special guest this week. It's your boy, Just Blaze. Coming out from Brooklyn all by himself. And I wanted to set the tone for the new year off right, man. Got some big things coming up for the show as well. New ideas. You know you got to progress the show, man. Got to make sure you check out my man Yannick as well. The machinery behind Above the Rim. My sound engineer for Above the Rim. You can follow him at Muddy Gold. It's M-U-D-D-I-G-O-L-D. Make sure you Check out for all your beats and production work as well. And uh, I told a couple people to send in some questions. It's the listeners from Above the Rim family, I put it out on Twitter. And people responded and sent your boy some questions. So this episode, I'm going to just go through a few questions that people sent me. And just talk about a few things to run us into the new year. Set us off in 2018. I hope everyone had a nice... I a mile with that yak hard yesterday, Skip. Had a nice new year, had their yak, had their mild, you know. Uh so yeah, so let's get into these questions, man. So first question is from uh at twin city underscore three. Says, Just, what changes most for the Cavs when Isaiah Thomas returns? How does the team dynamic change? Are there any negatives to his return? Appreciate the question, man. Uh Listen, when Isaiah Thomas comes back, it completely changes the complexion of the team. I think it's huge for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Isaiah Thomas uh, scrimmaged last week with the uh, with the G League team for the Cavaliers, but he has yet to do with his Cavs teammates. I believe though, when this episode comes out, I think he's probably gonna have practice with his teammates by now. I know he participated in those five on five on uh, those five on zero drills or those five on five drills at the shoot around. So we obviously know his return is imminent. He's probably going to return a game before the Boston game. The Boston game, I believe, is on Wednesday, January 3rd. A nice return game, Isaiah Thomas' return game. I mean, I hope he's back for that game. I hope. I hope he has, I mean, I know he has a back-to-back. I believe they have the Cavs have a game against Portland, I believe, the night before. it's not Portland, or someone else. So they're not going to want to play someone coming back from a major hip injury playing on back-to-back games. So he's probably going to miss one of those games. Most likely it's the Portland game. So hopefully he'll have a game in between that and then come back and then, excuse me, play on the night at Boston, hopefully, because I know that's a big-time game. You know what? every the world is going to be watching right there. That's going to be a hell of a game. So what does Isaiah Thomas bring when he comes back? He brings a lot of things. He brings another number one scoring option to the Cavs. Someone who can create their own shot. And he also provides some scoring punch to that second unit. He's being asked to fulfill the Kyrie role right now, but even less. Think about it, even less. LeBron is still the facilitator of the first unit. And Wade is settled in nicely with the second unit being the facilitator of that unit. And so I think right now, IT is just only being asked to do something that he does best, which is score. That's all he's really being asked to do is to score efficiently, hit open three-pointers, open jump shots, create offense for yourself and for others, drive, penetrate, dish, kick out, and also isolation score from time to time. I think he's going to be lethal for the Cavs, and I think that his presence alone allows LeBron to play less minutes and that the Cavs will eventually take over that number one seed in the East. I think everyone goes back to their natural position and everyone goes back to their roles. And as far as the negatives go, the only negative that I can think of is that it'll be a negative for actually for Derrick Rose. What's going to happen for Derrick Rose when Isaiah Thomas comes back? We don't know. I mean, he was signed initially to be the backup point guard for Isaiah Thomas, but Derrick Rose has fallen out of favor a little bit. You know, he had his issues going on, his mental issues. He's been worried about him being injured and things like that. So he's not mentally there yet. And when he does come back, hopefully he'll be back by all-star break. We'll see. The Cavs might have a little bit of a log jam at that position. Because right now, basically, D-Wade is, playing, is working as your backup point guard right now. And with D-Wade as your backup point guard, the Cavs have been flourishing that way. So I don't necessarily think it's a good idea to move D-Wade away from that position because it does allow him to still have the ball in his hands at that time. And then when Isaiah comes back, where does D-Rose fit in? Does he come off the bench and play 10 minutes? We don't know how effective he can be in those 10 minutes. So that's going to be interesting to look at that when uh, when Isaiah Thomas comes back. So And I think he also gives them another reliable scorer as well. We all know about his defensive efficiency. Uh, deficiency, excuse me. And that it will be a challenge for the the Cavaliers to overcome his defense. But he's not going to be playing those 40 minutes a night that he was playing in Boston. He's probably going to be playing 31 minutes, 32 minutes. (laughs) Excuse me, because the Cavs are deep. The Cavs are about 10 deep. 10, 11 deep. So he doesn't have to play those heavy minutes. So he could be in and out in spurts and he's going to play a lot with that second unit starting off the second quarter when LeBron goes to the bench. And I think Isaiah Thomas versus second unit is just going to be just like how CP3 is playing against second unit guys on the Rockets. And now he's dominating the second unit of every other team that he's playing against. So I think it's going to be dynamite when Isaiah Thomas returns. And I know a lot of people are talking about should he stop talking about the trade? From the cavaliers from boston we all know he was hurt i mean he apparently has had enough i mean he said he's he's tired of being asked about the trade he's tired of people blaming him for answering it like he's over talking about it but he did have an interview with rachel nichols on uh, i believe the jump or the countdown on one of them shows and um he did talk about it again and he also had his documentary the book of isaiah And in there, he talked a lot about the Danny Ainge trade, saying that he's still upset with him. He doesn't know when the next time he's going to be able to talk to Danny Ainge. And, I mean, me, I mean, and honestly, uh, excuse me, on on Twitter and things like that and a lot of the basketball outlets, they were saying Isaiah Thomas is being a little soft right now. They were saying he was a little soft. They said he was being very emotional about this trade, that he should stop talking about it. That it's over. Move on already. Now you're on the Cavaliers. And I can agree and disagree at the same time. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I do think he should stop talking about it. It is the new season. Season's already started. We're a month in. But at the same time, I understand why he's upset. I mean, I know he feels betrayed and he has a right to feel that way. The man did put his career injury-wise on the line to play and he did lose a tooth. And also, they lose sister to a car accident all in the same series last year playing for the Boston Celtics. Those are normal, normal circumstances. So I think he's entitled to talk about it until he's over it because those are traumatic experiences. And it doesn't even matter to me, honestly. I don't really care. I personally think he's in a better situation anyway on the Cavs. You're going to the finals this year, bro. you going to the finals. I'll be good. I wouldn't be talking about it if I was him, but we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, so let's move on to the next question from uh, at Eric TCR. Uh, he's talking about my man, Blake Griffin. He says, uh, Blake Griffin comes back this week. Can the Clippers make a playoff push when he comes back? I know those are your boys. Or oh, they used to be. <laughs> oh, you got... Boy, if you don't get... <laughs> he got jokes. All right. Uh, well, honestly, you know what's crazy, though? I actually think they can. I think they can, man. I think Blake coming back this week, I think he will give them a nice boost, and he's exactly what the Clippers may need. We know they're in a, uh, uh, they're having a terrible season thus far. So all the people who thought they were better without CP3, we know y'all were crazy. I'm, I'm glad everyone has came down to earth there. But um, right now they're currently what ninth in the West. I believe they're four games back as I'm recording this from the eighth seed. I believe it's the Pelicans. I believe. And um, it's definitely possible, man. It's definitely possible. Gallinari still hurt the Italian Stallion. But Blake coming back, it's nice for them. I don't. I think it's not going to take as much as you think it will to get into that eighth spot in the West this year. I think they definitely can make it. I, I'm not sure if the Jazz are in right now. If the Jazz are in, I believe they will drop. The Pelicans... I've came around on them a little bit. I still believe they're going to make the playoffs in the eighth seed. So, there might not be room for the Clippers. You never know. But it's definitely possible. I mean, I had them making the play. They were my preseason pick to have to be in the playoffs. I thought they would get the seventh of the eighth seed anyway. So, they're pretty much in the same trajectory or the same track record as I thought they would be. I mean, they still got a better record than the Lakers. Ooh. Still got a better record than the Lakers if they the so-called little sisters of LA as my man Baylor the Great loves to call them shout out to you Baylor <laughs> always being disrespectful calling them the little sisters of LA they might be but they still got a better racket, my man they still do so um, yeah they definitely could make the playoffs could make a push but it all depends if they end up trading DeAndre who knows they might they might end up trading DeAndre Jordan and I think they will so they might not be able to get that A seed man it might be a wrap for those Clippers Next question from Tony in Queens, my man Tony. He said, "Uh, just who will finish with a better record this year? Philly, the Knicks, or the Lakers?" That's a tough one. I think that's an interesting one, actually. Um, I'm gonna say the Knicks. I'm gonna go Knicks here. I'm gonna go Knicks tape right here. I'm gonna go Knicks tape. I think the Lakers. Early in the season, I mean, I picked the Lakers to go in the 8th I was definitely crazy. I'd be on the mile with a I was on the mile. I was on the mile. But I don't think the Lakers are going to make the A C anymore. So I think the Knicks are going to have the best record out of those three teams. The Philadelphia 76ers should probably have the best record out of three. But I don't trust Joel Embiid to play games. He's still not playing back-to-backs. He's still on pace to, I believe, play about 40-something games or 50 some of the games this year. Still more than half, but not enough for your franchise play. I need him to give me at least 70 games, and he's not going to give you 70 games this year. So I can't trust Philly to win those games when Embiid is not playing. And because of that, I'm going to have to go to Knicks. I mean, KP, Porzingis, the unicorn, he's he's injury-prone himself, but I still think he's going to propel the Knicks to a couple more injuries I mean a couple more injuries, a couple more wins than the Philadelphia 76ers and the Los Angeles Lakers. And they're playing in the weak east right now. And I actually think the Knicks are gonna make the playoffs, man. I think they're gonna get that seventh or eighth seed. I think they will. And I hope they do, because I want to see some playoff basketball in New York, man. I definitely wanna see that, man. Definitely. No doubt. Uh appreciate the appreciate the email, my brother. Uh, my man Devon in Brooklyn. Oh, Devon, what's good, bro? What's going on, man? Uh he said, Just are you ready to put Golden State and Cleveland? as a top 5 all-time rivalry. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far yet. I mean, I understand it's a trilogy, been to the finals three straight years, maybe a fourth. I know they I guess it's a rivalry in the modern sense of the word, but to me it's it's it's, it's truly hard to call it a rivalry, but I because I don't see any bad blood here. I just see mutual respect on both sides. But I don't I don't see hatred or anything like that from both teams. I barely see any real scuffles. I see a couple little join here and there, but that's just friendly. That's little. Those are love taps. Those are just friendly little competition. I don't see much scuffles. So to me, I can't put them in, in a, as a top five rivalry. No way. I don't see enough bad love. I don't see enough hate for playing each other. They don't personally dislike each other. So to me, it's not a true rivalry, but it's a rivalry in the sense of they play each other not necessarily a lot, but they play each other in big moments and big games. And talent-wise, they respect each other. So, real rivalries to me have at least a couple of a couple of homie backs. <laughs> they got a couple of homie backs. So, I don't know. I mean, speaking of them, also Golden State and uh and Cleveland. Uh, they their Christmas Day game it was rather interesting as well, man. I mean, there was no Steph Curry, no Isaiah. The Cavs and Warriors still put on a show though Christmas Day. It was a decent game. It's pretty decent game. Um, but the game was marred by two things, man. Uh, two big non-calls on Kevin Durant. Two fouls, it may add, by Kevin Durant. I mean, those Golden State referees were out in full effect on Christmas Day, man. They gift-wrapped the Warriors that game. They did earn the game. They did earn the win. But, boy, those blown calls, that, that was a serious foul on KD. Serious foul on KD with LeBron going to the rim. I mean, and I didn't like Twitter finger Durant, you know, during the replay time. He was saying that LeBron is too big. He's too big to get those kind of calls. I wasn't feeling that. That was that was a little soft. That was a little soft, but whatever. We. I mean, we'll let that slide. But I noticed, though, I noticed that people, a lot of people out here still saying that KD surpassed LeBron as the best player in the world. I'm not buying it. LeBron is still 19-9 against KD. Average a triple-double against KD in the final. But that's routine work. That's light work. But the main reason as to why LeBron is still the best in the world? If you put LeBron on any other team in the NBA, any team, they're easily a playoff contender. Easily, easily a playoff contender. And if it's in the East, they're easily favored to win the East. Think about that. Let us sink in for a second. Say, for instance, it's the Brooklyn Nets. Hey, for instance, you take LeBron right now, himself, him, LeBron James only, put him on that Brooklyn Nets roster right now. You got D'Angelo Russell, you got Mozgov, you got Spencer Dinwiddie. What else you got? You got Jalil o- Okafor, who can't get any burn right now. Put him on that team. They're definitely in the playoffs, easily, just off LeBron alone. And they're definitely a, at least an Eastern Conference contender. They wouldn't be a shoe in to go to the finals, but they'll definitely be favored. i still put them up against those Boston Celtics. LeBron on that Nets team right now. I still think that team is still a contender. Not a contender for a championship, but it might be a contender in the East. And then think about that. If you put KD on that same squad with the Brooklyn Nets, are they an Eastern Conference Finals contender? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they could, if they are a contender at all. Think about it. KD, does KD make his teammates better as much as LeBron does? Over the course of a game, LeBron impacts the game in more ways than Kevin Durant does. But I will say this, though. LeBron can't guard KD anymore. not going to lie. I don't know if I'm being disrespectful here, but LeBron can't guard KD. One-on-one, isolation scoring, he can't guard KD right now. He definitely cooks him every time. KD is a better scorer definitely a better scorer, but he's not a better offensive player all around to me. On defense, KD might might be a better individual defender due to his length. He's leading the league in blocks right now. One of the leading candidates for defensive player of the year. I give him some credit. He's playing some good D. But I think LeBron is still a better quote-unquote free safety type of defender. What I mean by that is that he has a better IQ on the defensive side of the ball, getting into passing lane, directing traffic on the defensive end. But as an individual defensive, uh, as an individual lockdown defender, KD might have LeBron right now. I might give him that. He's definitely he can shut you down. His length, he's his wingspan is about seven one, seven three. That's ridiculous. I know they lying about KD. So he's definitely not 6'9 as they list him, 6'10. He's about seven foot. KD's tall, man. And uh, so I still think LeBron James. I still think he's the best player in the world. Even still. And also, Kevin Love, man, in, in that Christmas Day game, he had 31 and 18. A pretty good game for him. And I don't care how much points Kevin Love averages throughout the regular season. I, I don't care. He always gets exposed comes playoff time, especially on defense. I don't like him at the center position, which is why I think the Cavs need to make a move. I don't like him there. And I would, if I'm the Cavs, if I'm the GM, I'm still trying to deal him. And that Brooklyn pick, if possible. I'm trying to get rid of Kevin Love. I, Kevin Love, he's put up nice stats right now. The eye test, I know he's averaging 20 and 10 right now this year, but they're not, and it's not an impactful 20 and 10. So I would still look to move on if I'm the Cavs from Kevin Love. Or if they can't move him before the deadline, I would look to move him at the season's end. But we, of course, we're gonna have to see what LeBron is gonna be doing this year. But I'm moving on from K Love. You can't play K Love at center. Especially in the finals, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work, not at all. So those are also some, uh, also some more interesting games. Christmas Day, the Rockets lost to uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. My man CP3 wasn't playing. Also bad game. Uh, the T Wolves beat the Lakers. The uh, I believe the Wizards beat the Celtics. Or did the Celtics win that game? I'm not. I'm not sure. I forgot. <laughs> and also, the, uh, the 76ers beat the New York Knicks and also in another great game as well. So I also, they gave us some nice Christmas games. I'm not I'm not going to lie. They definitely did. So, all right, y'all. It's time for a quick break, but we'll be right back with more heat. All right, so we're going to be diving into some more questions. Next question here is from my man Ty. My dude Ty, what's good, man? My man Tired of Brooklyn. He said, Just, are you buying the Thunder as a contender? I've been hearing all these reports saying that also that Melo is accepting his new role. Will it last? Will he stay in OKC past the season? Let me know. Appreciate the email, my brother. I mean, OKC, I mean, they're playing well right now. For the first time this season, they're playing well. And the NBA is finally seeing what the Thunder can do. I believe they had their best record in December. Either the first or second best record in December. They're currently fifth seed in the West right now. Uh, am I buying them as a contender? I don't know yet. I, but I'll put it like this I believe they have Western Conference Finals potential, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I was high on them preseason, I really like them. But I don't like how they're gelling. I'm, I'm just not convinced yet, but I still like them. I still think they have a lot of time to grow. There's a lot of time to get it together. I just don't see them getting to the Western Conference Finals unless they played against maybe the Spurs. I feel like they could be the Spurs in the series. I don't feel like they could be the Warriors in the series or the Rockets in the series. So that's my issue with the OKC Thunder. But I see, th- and I see them getting bumped in the second round, to be honest. I mean, there's a possibility they could lose in the first round as well if you really think about it, depending on who they play. Right now, OKC, Minnesota, to right now they're neck and neck in terms of talent from top to bottom, healthy roster. So it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if that four or five first round matchup goes seven games, and the T Wolves could win that matchup, man, in seven games. The T Wolves have the fourth seed and OKC has the fifth seed, the T Wolves can win that series. They really can. They've beaten them already twice this year, I believe, in a regular season. So the T Wolves can definitely win that series. And um, I mean, I put too much faith. You know, I put too much faith in that team, I, and I can't put as much faith as I want to put in that, f- in that team who starts a bum-ass, air-ball, free-throw-shooting Andre Roberson. I mean, he should be a rotation player, to be quite honest with you, not a starter on a championship-caliber team, so I can't trust a Thunder right there. I mean, he's a scrub to me. I don't care how much defense he plays, how good his defense is, how much you think he helps your team on that side of the ball. It's not good enough. He's not good enough to offset his terrible play on the other end. And to your other question, apparently Mello is quote-unquote accepting his new role in the Thunder right now. I mean, apparently he's agreed to do less isolation plays and become more of a spot-up three-point shooter, a glorified spot-up three-point shooter, like kind of like how Chris Bosh was in Miami when LeBron came there. I mean, while we do applaud this effort by Mello... I'm still a little skeptical. Still a little skeptical. I mean, the reason why is because he's still taking 20 shots. Melo, if you're supposed to be a spot-up shooter, you're still taking 20, 20 shots a night. That's a lot. Catch and, catch and shoot, spot-up plays, don't take 20 shots a night. And when the playoffs come around, you think Melo's going to want to take a back seat? I don't know. Melo is hungry right now for some playoff success. I don't know. And we've, we've gone through a lot of Mello's over the years. I'm not going to lie. Cause now this is a new mellow. They call they call him catch and shoot mellow. So there's a lot of mellow over the years. But we had Olympic mellow, hoodie mellow, two piece nugget mellow. When he was on the Nuggets and he came to the Garden and gave a, a two piece to Marty Collins. He he jabbed him up twice. Just, so so disrespectful, disrespectful in the Garden, man. Also we had Nick's tape mellow, catch and shoot mellow. As I said, we also had stubborn Nick's mellow. It was a lot of mellows we had over the years, man, for sure. Um, so yeah, also he had a, a part two question. Also, he said, uh, just 10 seconds left in the game, down by one, who do you want taking the last shot? I'm gonna have to go Durant. I'm gonna have to go KD on this one, man. Not because I feel like he's the most clutch in the game, which he definitely probably is top three, but I think he can get the best shot of any individual player in the in the league at any time. He can get the, any shot that he wants on the floor at the time that he wants it. At any point of the game, because he is seven foot. He does have that long winspan. You can't block a shot. He does have handle. He can shoot the three. He can post you up. He can hit you with a turnaround. KD got the total, total, total package, man. For sure, the total package, man. So next up, uh, where was this from? Got my man Mark from the BX. Said, uh, just what are the top three trade assets on the market this coming deadline? That's an interesting question. Top three, top three on the trade assets on the market right now. I'm gonna go number one, DeAndre Jordan. I think DeAndre Jordan is the number one trade asset on the market right now, and I think he's the most likely to be traded. There's a lot of teams going after. DeAndre Jordan right now. A lot of teams going after DeAndre Jordan. Number two, I'm going to go Tyreek Evans. Tyreek Evans from the Memphis Grizzlies. Leading six-man-of-the-year candidate, along with Eric Gordon and Lou Willville. I think uh, he's averaging, what, 18 points per game this year. Tyreek, man, I think there's a lot of teams coming after him, and a lot of teams that could use him as an off-the-bench. He's a very versatile scorer. He's finally... Finding his uh his place in the league right now. So shout out to Tyree Gavins. He's playing good. So I think he's definitely gonna be moving. And the, the Grizzlies are in like tank mode right now. The season is over for them. And that goes into number three for me. Low-key. Marcus Saul might be traded by the deadline. Don't be surprised. And I think there's gonna be a lot of people coming after Marcus Saul I think the main trade destination for Marcus Saul. It's going to be the Portland Trail Blazers. I think the Blazers are definitely going to go after Marcus Gasol. And I think they should. I think that would be the best destination for Marcus Gasol. They will be big. Marcus Gasol with CJ McCullough and Damian Lillard. That's big time. Definitely will have to give up Nurkic, of course. But that's cool. Also, the other part of that question is... Uh, excuse me. Um, I also want to talk about some NBA trades that I wanted to see happen before... The deadline And players who I believe will be traded. <clears throat> I talked about some previously. I believe DeAndre Jordan is going to be traded. I think Louisville, Lou Williams might be traded as well. I think they're selling him. They're shopping him right now. The Clippers, they're not convinced with this season. The injuries have derailed this season. I think they want to get into that lottery right now. I think they do. I think Doc Rivers, the writing is on the wall. Steve Ballmer, they want to get a little bit younger and uh, build around Blake a little bit more. So I think Louisville might... Go to the 76ers. I see him going to all the Washington Wizards as well. I think they could use some nice scoring punch for the Wizards off the bench. Tyreek Evans, as I talked about before, Nerlens Noel. I think he'll be an excellent destination. Look for him to be moved from the Mavericks. Maybe to the Lakers, or maybe to the Bucks, or maybe even to Cleveland as well. Look out for Nerlens Noel going to Cleveland. Because I think that would be a nice destination destination for him. Tristan Thompson. The Kardashian, I think he's going to be moved as well by the trade deadline, and also DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins, I don't know if he will be moved. I know the Pelicans are probably going to be fielding offers for DeMarcus, but I think they're going to get cold feet. I don't think they have the balls to trade him. I think they're going to let him go. I mean, I don't think they're going to let him go, excuse me. And I think he's going to stay put, but I think he's going to leave in the offseason. I definitely think he's out of there. I think either to the Clippers, excuse me, to the Clippers, at least either to the Wizards, Or the Lakers will be his two best destinations for DeMarcus for Boogie. So the Clippers outside of Williams, I mean they don't have they don't really have anyone else that really makes an impact and changes the game. So they eat their only trade pieces are DeAndre Jordan and Louisville. So those two are definitely on the market. And I think the Brooklyn Nets will be major players toward the trade deadline. And I think, because I think they don't have much to play for right now. They don't have their draft pick this year. Obviously, we all know Cleveland has their draft pick in the Celtics trade. They're not a contender. And they look, they're look they looking to improve. And they have cap space. So look out for them being in a trade or maybe facilitating a three-team deal as well. Also, the Cavs, they need to make a move for a better center. They can't keep Kevin Love at center. They definitely can't rely on Millcott and Tristan Thompson. I don't know who that is anymore. Tristan Thompson, the jury the jury is out. There's an APB out for Tristan Thompson. I don't know where he is. I don't know who that is anymore. It's a Sheller himself. The curse is on him, and his career might be over. I'm afraid. I saw this stat online, which was ridiculous. The Cleveland Cavaliers are six and seven. Their record is six and seven in games where Tristan Thompson plays more than six minutes a night. In games where he plays less than six minutes, the Cavs are eighteen and three. I'm gonna read that again. When he plays less than six minutes, the Cavs are eighteen and three. If that doesn't tell you how much he has to go, I don't know what does. Either DeAndre will be nice. DeAndre will be best case scenario for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but Nerlens Noel will be a nice alternative for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't think they're going to be able to get Boogie because I don't know. I don't think they're going to give up that Brooklyn pick to New Orleans for Boogie. So I think they're going to be left with DeAndre or nurns Lowell. and I think either would be great. They need someone to show up that interior presence. They need a shot blocker on that roster. LeBron can't do it all. They definitely need to. So look out for the Cleveland Cavaliers to be major players by the deadline. I definitely think they're going to get a move done. A move in. They definitely have to getting it back showing up their roster d rose will be back soon they're very versatile but they do need that rim protector because you can't rely on kevin love down the stretch in the playoffs to play solid defense at the N.L.B. and interior presence i also think the houston rockets i think they need my houston rockets man they need to make a move if they can not a big move not a big move but i i think they need maybe one more wing or maybe one big guy that could score in the paint that would be nice They could go into the playoffs right now as is and still be good, but I still think if they want to get over the hump, they got to make one more move. The only person I think they would try to trade is Ryan Anderson, but it's not too many people knocking on the door for Ryan Anderson, so I don't think he's actually going to be there. I, I, I believe he's going to be there, excuse me, towards the end of the year, so... I don't know if they can move him. Also, the Lakers I think need to make some moves at the deadline also. I don't believe for one second that Magic Johnson is sitting there waiting for, waiting till the summer to sign someone. I think that's his, I think his best option right now is to uh, at least try to be a little aggressive at the trade deadline and go after and, and try to get someone. I know he would love to move either Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez, or Jordan Clarkson. Those are the three high on his list to move. I mean, maybe even all three. You never know. I think the Wizards, Blazers, or even the Celtics would be nice landing spots for Julius Randle, man. I know a lot of people are not high on Julius Randle, but he has played a little bit better this year, and I think a few teams would take a chance on him. So I think he could get back some value for your man Julius Randle, especially if they're trying to sign Paul George this summer and Boogie Cousins, which I think they will. For sure. And uh, last question is from my man Julius out there in L.A. He said just be honest you on that yak i be on the i <laughs> be on the miles with that yak you really oh, you think the Rockets are going to the finals let's be real <laughs> I really do I don't know why y'all think I'm joking right now I don't know why y'all think I'm joking I my preseason pick was a Rockets to go to the finals I'm sticking by, pick, by my pick you gotta go hard or go home what would I be if I backtracked On my pick of having the Rockets going to the finals, I think I thought CP3 would come there and be dynamic with James Harden. It's looking to be fairly correct. We still got to see them perform in the playoffs. I know this, we all know this, but I just believe it's the year right now. I believe this is a good year for them. They health, health concerning, of course. Not saying that the Warriors' run is over. I mean, I would be stupid to say that, but I do believe that there are two teams that could potentially beat the Warriors this year. I really do. I truly believe that. I believe Houston and Cleveland are the only two teams that can beat Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series. It's going to be tough for both, of course. Golden State is obviously the favorite. We know. We know their quartet. We know who they have going. But these two definitely at least have a chance to beat them. The Rockets have a ton of smart, heady veterans. I run that two superstars, James Harden and CP3, two elite Hall of Fame playmakers. The best and the, the best or the second best offensive player in the game is James Harden. Long, versatile 3 and D wings, Luke Mambute, The Prince, PJ Tucker, Trevor Ariza, Clint Capella. Nene coming off the bench is fairly decent. Don't sleep on Nene coming off the bench. They just signed the versatile, high-flying Gerald Green. Jared Green can play some ball. And you got the reigning sixth man of the year, Eric Gordon. That's a nice 10-11 deep rotation. So I definitely think they have an opportunity. And they get the points on the board, man. And they're never... They always have a Hall of Fame point guard on the court at all times. And I think that means a lot. And I think against the second units, which uh, that's where Golden State has the advantage. Because they always have a star on the floor at all times. And I think Houston Rockets have that luxury as well. As much as the Cleveland Cavaliers also as well. And I usually when you have LeBron going to the bench, you had Kyrie in there. So they always had a puncher's chance to beat any team because and now you have Isaiah Thomas, you have D-Wade, you have Jeff Green. So they have versatile pieces on the Cavaliers as well. But going back to the Rockets, I think they have a real good shot of beating them this year. I mean, think about it. Golden State this year its going to be a tougher road for them during the playoffs. The West is tougher overall right now. Golden State is actually going to have to earn their way through the playoffs this year. Usually they get the easy way out and they end up playing teams with hurt stars the past few years, the past three years. So because of this, I think they're going to have to play a couple of six or seven game grueling series in the playoffs before they get to the Western Conference Finals. They're going to have to play a tough team in the first round. They're definitely going to have to play a tough team in the second round because it's either going to be OKC, the Spurs or Houston. So that's going to be a tough six or seven game series. I don't think that's going to be a blowout. So because of that, they're going to be a little bit fatigued, as in everyone else will. So I think health willing, and it's all about matchups, the Houston Rockets actually match up pretty well with the Golden State Warriors. telling you. But I talk about the Rockets a lot. So we'll see. Like I said, I got a bet with my man Baylor says cp3 is not winning anything i'm gonna see you in a cp3 jersey soon my brother i'm gonna see you in a cp3 jersey soon i'll send you the merch (laughs) yeah uh so i want to uh thank everyone set for sending in excuse me for sending in their questions Appreciate that. Make sure y'all keep sending the questions in to justinlee867 at yahoo.com. You can also DM me the questions as well. You can use the hashtag, AskAboveTheRim. And it's 2018, man. This is the first episode of 2018. This is the inaugural episode. Got some big things happening for Above The Rim this year. I'm excited. I know y'all are excited. It's gonna be huge this year. I wanted to keep this episode short and sweet. Just to introduce y'all to new teams. For 2018, man. So I want to thank all the Above the Rim supporters for tuning in each and every week. Make sure y'all tuning in every Tuesday. Check your podcast feeds. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Write me a review on oh, iTunes as well. I really been appreciating all the feedback and keep uh leaving voicemails on the on the talk about it live, man. Keep dropping the VM as well. If you uh if you don't remember the number, it's 908-718-1592. Just drop a voice, man. I appreciate the love. So that's Above the Rim episode forty. We out.